Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. NFL Draft defensive line prospects. Yes, the Raiders need some, and that loud noise is a motorcycle in New York City outside Mo Moton's window. Just in case you guys message us about how you're tired of the noise in Mo's, and I'm, I'm muting him now just for a minute because I know our listeners, Mo, will get crazy. Uh, and so if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see Mo, but you can't hear him because I've muted him just for a second until he gives me the high sign that the motorcycle's gone. Um, but we are, okay, good. We are, there he is, he's back. We are an Odyssey original podcast covering the Raiders. If you don't subscribe to the show, please do so wherever you get your audio and hit on the auto download so you get the show whenever it's new. All right, Mo, now that Evil Knievel has left the vicinity, um, we're here to talk about defensive line prospects for the Raiders. We know the need that Las Vegas has up front. It's had it for, it's needed it for years. It addressed the end position with Max Crosby, one of their better, uh, one of the best picks the Gruden Mayock group did in their time leading the Raiders. They went out and got Chandler Jones, signed him to that $51 million deal, has not worked out well, but he came on towards the end of the season and they may have some other options there. But in the middle, uh, it's been a no man's land. This team has not been able to. They've gotten good play from some some guys like Jonathan Hankins, some other guys up front, but they've never had that true that true interior pressure that they need to really balance out the front of that defense. And they need it. Um, and that this is why the Jalen Carter conversation is so hot within Raiders Twitter right now because he would be perfect for what the Raiders need right now. Right. But I, I just. One, I don't think Jalen Carr is going to be there at seven. And two, if he's there at seven, I don't think the Raiders are going to pick him. I'm not saying I believe in Vic Tafer's sources over Vinny Bonsignor's sources, <laughs> but I, I just don't feel like the Raiders want to go down that road with their first pick, knowing what they went through with, well, not they, but what the previous regime went through with Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. I think they want a guy who's gonna who's got a, pretty much a clean record because Joshua Daniels did say something about players doing things, doing the right things on and off the field. And I think that's something that people need to pay attention to. But I will say that other than Jalen Carter, if, if Jalen Carter is not the guy for the Rays, even if he is there, there are some guys on, on the, that are going to be on the board that can help him in that three um, technique spot. 
Yes. So let's talk about some of these guys. And I'm going to throw in some other names, too, of, of players that have talent, whether or not they're three tech or not. We'll, we'll get into it. But let's go through some of the prospects. I want to get you sent me a few of your top guys. Let's start with uh, if you're the Raiders and you're sitting there. Is I mean, is there a guy outside of Carter that you're taking in that first round at seven? Or do you feel the, the players that you've picked out as good fits for this Raiders team could be had later? Kalajic Kansi's out of pit is probably the only player that I have down here as a defensive tackle that I would take in the first round. Now he's probably going to go in the, I'd say he's going to go in the 16 to 25 range. So he's more of a trade back option. I wouldn't take him at seven. I just want to be clear. I wouldn't take Kansi at seven, mm-hmm. but if the Raiders are going to trade, move back eight or nine spots, I think that's probably more of his range. People are comparing him to Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald also went to Pitt. I don't see him as that type of player, but I think he he could be a, a pretty good first round talent that can get you about six, seven, eight sacks as a rookie. Um, the other two guys that I have listed, Tui Palatu out of USC, is a guy I've talked about a lot on this show. Of course, his height weight is a little odd for a defensive tackle, but I think if he gets to about one two seventy five, he could play the three tech position. You could get him in the second round. The last guy I have is Siaka Ika, which is he's not a he's not a three technique. He's more of a nose tackle. Right. So he'd be more of a replacement for Jonathan Hankins, who's now with the Cowboys. Now, Neil Farrell had some interesting tweets over the past week, and I feel like he he feels like he's ready for a jump. They also drafted Matthew Butler, who's, who I think is more of a three tech. But I think if you get Ika out of Baylor and you want to run stopper right away, you can plug in. He's about 330 pounds. He's he's the guy to pick up. But again, he's another day two pick. Yeah, I think I think you're right. At the three tech, there's no question. There's a guy there though too that I don't know. He's not a three tech. He's he's not he's not that player. But Brian Breesy is another kid, the kid out of Clemson. And I know Raider fans are gonna say, "Oh, not another Clemson defensive lineman in the interior. Uh, we don't want or on the end. We don't want that either." Uh, but when you look at Breesy, what he's done, um, and and of course he had uh, ACL his junior year. Um, coming into 2021 and then 2022, a good season. Uh, is that a guy, too, that, I mean, he, he's projected to be uh, a top two, uh, right behind, I think, right behind Jalen Carter. Is he a guy you take at seven? No, I wouldn't take him at seven. I remember seeing early mock drafts with him in the top ten, and I immediately yeah. said no. I said yeah. no simply because hardworking kid, he's overcome some adversity with oh, injuries yeah. and some off-the-field matters. Mm-hmm. But – I. I'm of the belief that if I'm picking in the top 10, I don't want a guy who's coming into the NFL with an injury history. That's just me. Other teams and other head coaches and GMs may feel differently by the based on who the talent is. But if I'm picking top 10 and I'm seven, if I'm the Raiders, I don't want a guy who, again, comes into the league with, with a, a decent injury history because this is my theory. Guys who get hurt in college don't get a lot healthier on the pro level. Usually those yeah. injuries linger on and, and it follows them throughout their career. So Breezy to me is more of a, I would say in the twenties, I think he's going to go in the twenties, Yeah, but I, I've seen, but again, I've seen some mock drafts of him in the top 10. I've seen him in the 10 to 15 range. He does fit a knee for the Raiders, but I I'm just not high on Breezy as much as other people are. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like the kid to your point. It's one of those stories you, you kind of root for, right? So you do. Some, yeah. sometimes I think that a player gets overvalued because, believe it or not, because there's just this desire for them to do good. Another guy I like, and again, we're talking about the well, – give, give me another interior defender um, that, that you might want to put on the radar for Raiders fans to look out for, especially, I think, in that to your point, in that second round. 
Javon Dexter, I believe. Dexter. Um, some people, yeah. Dexter is a guy that a lot of people like. Uh, I'm going to do a lot more looking at him because he wasn't really on my radar. Yeah. But I, you know, he's a popular day two guy. If it's, if there's somebody that you want to dig into and have an alternative to a guy like Cancy or Talap Tui out of USC. But um, other than that, it's just, if you're the Raiders, I think you want to you want to tackle that position early. Yeah, yeah. If you can, I mean, and then but then you also have to think about athletes too, right? And you look at a guy that I love as an athlete. I don't know that he's going to be the impact player, and I'm not talking about first round clearly here, but but a guy who's near the top of the list when it comes to prospects too is Miles Murphy. He's a defensive end, edge player, uh, and to me, he's a kid. Again, it's out of Clemson, so I know Raider fans getting really nervous with that. But here's a kid, six five, two sixty eight. Um, but I really think that he's a guy you can have on day two, perhaps if he falls that deep. Uh, and he's a guy that at edge might take him a year to kind of get it almost like you saw, I think with, with Max Crosby develop into a better player. Have you, have you studied or seen much of miles Murphy? I've looked at miles Murphy a lot early in the off season. Yeah. I have him listed as an edge. That's why I didn't talk about him in this, yeah. in this sense. But I feel like in sub packages he can kick inside. He's big enough where he can kick inside and be, you know, a three technique on certain certain downs, certain packages. The thing is, he's young and he doesn't have a full pass rushing moveset um, yet. And he's only twenty one. He just turned twenty one in January. So I would say that if he's not coming out of the gate with you know eight nine sacks, give him some time. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for somebody with with an immediate impact, I think Tyree Wilson is probably someone you'd like if you want someone right away coming out yeah. of college who's going to give you, you know, some some sacks because he's an older prospect. Tyree Wilson is 23 or going to be 23 in May. So he's kind of similar to Miles Murphy in the fact that they don't have complete pass rushing moves yet. They, they still have to develop that area of their game. But you're, yeah. but as a, you know, as a team, you understand these guys are not coming out, especially – there is no superstar defender outside of maybe Wilson and Jalen Carter. After that, they're guys that you're going to have to coach up and give them some pass rush moves and teach them some things, some of the basics. But with, with Miles Murphy, I think I like his upside more than Tyree Wilson, simply because, again, yeah. he's younger. And his numbers weren't spectacular his last year at Clemson. But stop comparing him to Cleveland Farrell. I think he's yeah. a more explosive <laughs> athlete than Cleveland Farrell was coming out. And I know yes. a lot of fans will say, well, you know, we just drafted a Clemson defensive end. It didn't look how it worked out. And I would say, look at the film because they're not the same player. No, not the same player. And I think to the point here, and we've mentioned some names uh, from on the defensive interior here and now at edge, but the reality is I think the Raiders are going to stock up, uh, especially as you get into day two uh, and they have some of those later picks because you, you really need to bring in some kids to compete and see who just sticks. And and, and it's, a deep, it's a deep draft there. It's, again, these aren't kids that are going to come in and be all pros to start out. These are not first, even second rounders, most of them. But there is depth there, Mo. And so I'm interested to see. This is where, to me, we'll see a lot about Dave Ziegler and the Raiders organization when it comes to evaluating young talent coming into the draft. Right. And the other name that I, I think I should mention, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan. He's Big not guy. a three tech. He, he's, he's another he's guy a nose tackle. probably going to be a nose tackle. Yeah. He's probably like 320, 330 pounds. Kind of the same mold as, as, as uh, Ika out of Baylor. So if you're yep. looking for that type of player, a one tech, so to speak, 
yep. Mozzie Smith or Ika are probably what you're looking at. If you're looking for a guy who can pressure the quarterback, again, as a trade back option, can't see. I like oh, I like Tuli out of USC. And of course, I mentioned um, Dexter out of Florida. Now, let's go back to we talked about Jalen Carter in the first uh, segment when we were talking about the possibility of the Raiders trading with Seattle and that, that kind of rumor that's been spread out there. Jalen Carter, why would, in your view, you said the Raiders, he could be there and the Raiders might not take him. Do you think that's purely because of the last few years, the Henry Rugg situation, the character issues that are spread out there? Do you think that that's why they stay away? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i know vic made that connection but their situations are two are not correlated so you can't punish jalen carter for what henry ruggs did like let's just be clear about that i understand your organization or your organization. Right. The, yeah. the, don't get me wrong. The optics don't look good because right. of what Henry Ruggs is, was involved in, his DUI resulting in that situation with Tina Tintor. But you have to understand that when you have a history or when you have recent first-rounders who've been in some trouble, you might be hesitant to pick another guy in the first round that high who's got some, who's had some recent legal issues and yeah. then had had a lackluster pro day. So on top yeah. of his legal issues, I understand he pleaded no contest to um reckless driving and racing, but you got to remember he gained weight before his pro day and that's part of why he struggled. Wasn't able to finish a lot of his drills and people wondering what's yeah. going on with him. To me for Jalen Carter it boils down to what's said in his one-on-one interviews. And I said this during oh. the live on Monday. I said that I, I can't make a call on Jalen Carter because I don't have the full picture. It would be unfair for me to say, take Jalen Carter off the board without having spoken to him personally, because I would want to know what went on before your pro day. Why was your pro? Why did you gain weight? You know, why weren't you in shape? He may have a good answer for that. Yeah. And I don't know that answer. And only the teams that he interviews with are going to know that answer. So it would be unfair for me to say, can't take can't take Jalen Carter because of what happened with his pro day and his legal issues. Because again, there may be a reasonable response for that. His, his answer to that is very very important. And again, the teams will know. But the one thing that I do find strange about Jalen Carter is that 
Ian Rappaport said Monday he's not taking any visits with teams outside of the top 10. Top 10. Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. So there's a there's a feeling from Drew Rosenhaus that Jalen Carr is going to go in the top 10. And I think he will. I said on the show, I think he's going to go to the Seahawks. Yeah. I think the Seahawks actually have him probably higher than Anthony Richardson. So if they're both available, the Seahawks are probably going to have a tough decision to make. But with the Raiders, as far as they're concerned, with the number seven pick, it's going to boil down to what's said behind closed doors in that room. What's what, what went on with your legal issue and what happened to you at your pro day? There you go. And, you know, I don't make excuses for people's actions. He's responsible for them. Right. But you go you go to the combine and the story breaks uh, and, you know, you're there for the biggest moment of your career. And so I could see why he might have been overweight and not focused at his pro day. There's there's and to your point, if they have the conversation with him and he says, hey, listen, I was out of my head. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was worried about my future. I, I felt like I got sunk at the combine. And so, uh, yeah, I took my eye off the ball. I'm human. Exactly. So we'll have to see how it all nets out. But that's going to be one of the fascinating, to me, one of the fascinating stories in the top of the draft and what's happening. But for the Raiders in the defensive line area, they have got to get talent there. And we're just giving you this quick preview. It's not the last. We're going to go deep on some of this uh, with some guests we got scheduled coming up here very soon. But we wanted to start to touch on these, give you some names to watch and, uh, and and Mo had some there, too, as well. So we'll do that. Next, we're going to do linebackers today. We're going to get into that here in the final segment of Silver and Black today. By the way, make sure you follow Mo on Twitter if you don't already, at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and the show is at SNB Today, where you can find that. And we certainly appreciate the follow on Twitter and always appreciate the conversation. All right. The final break. When we come back, we'll talk about linebackers, give you some names there as well. And linebackers have changed. Some linebackers today are kind of a hybrid. They can play on the on the end. They can rush the passer from that end position. They can play back and move almost as a safety. It's a crazy time in the NFL, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 